Welcome to the Mom Connection at Friends Church, and thanks for joining us to hear our most recent speaker, all the way from Frisco, Texas, Melanie Doman. In this installment, Melanie presents her Perfectly Imperfect Parenthood Workshop, which I personally loved because it gave me so many practical tools for my parenting toolbox that can be implemented immediately. One nugget that has already been successful in our family is the enforceable statement, I am happy to help you clean up these toys as long as I am not working any harder than you. We will have the presentation that went along with this talk on PDF available to you through our Facebook group. So if you aren't already in our group yet, now is the time to join. You can find us at tmc-yourbelinda2019, and all you need to do is indicate your table leader's name to request to join. Here is Melanie Doman. As my sister-in-law, Melanie Doman is our speaker today. So we do have the same last name. So Melanie, um, Melanie's husband, Jeff, and my husband, Jim, are brothers. So I married the older brother, and Melanie married the middle, and then they have a younger sister, Kim. But Mary, Melanie and I both married into the Doman family. And let me tell you how I met Melanie, is when I went to Texas to meet the family, we all stayed in the Doman house, right? Mom and dad Doman host everybody. They have a room. So we have the three siblings, three, three spouses, all of the grandchildren, 17 people under one roof. It is loud, <laughs> very loud. The domans are loud anyway, and then when you get them all together in one house, it's even louder. Uh, but yes, I love being married into the Doman family, and Melanie and I share lots of stories of both, uh, both doing that. But we got to know each other because when you stay in one house, you see the good, the hard, the everything. You wake up and have coffee together. You, go to, you stay up late in your jammies and you talk. But that's how I got to know Melanie. And I knew really quickly that I wanted to be a mommy like her someday because Melanie just loves her kids. She loves the Lord, and she loves kids. Melanie has said that when she has one child at her house, they have four, but when the other kids go off to visit friends, one child isn't enough to have around her. She has to invite friends over. She wants to have a group of kids around her. My, my kids think Melanie is like the best. They're, she's a superhero in our house. She loves finding creative solutions to whatever kids are going through, and I love hearing that. So Melanie has given me the best mama advice when we've been sharing a cup of coffee in our morning jammies together. So let me share you Melanie's background, and I'm going to read this, that she is an elementary education from Baylor University. She's a trained Montessori teacher. She's a love and logic facilitator. She and Jeff teach parenting seminars for their church, Hope Fellowship in Frisco, Texas. But her real experience comes from raising four kids. So McKay is 17, Brock is 15, Micah is 11, and Bliss is 7. And you're gonna hear some stories from that today. So I wish that I could bring all of you to Texas to come be loud with the Domans. <laughs> um, but uh, we could all hang out together. You would love to hang out with Melanie over a cup of coffee in your jammies. But this morning, I'm very thankful that Melanie is here. So Melanie, if you wanna come on up, it's my pleasure to introduce Melanie to us. Come on up. Thank you, sister. Appreciate that. I'm so sweet of you. Man, if you guys know Amanda, she is a rock star. I am learning from her now because she is quite the mom herself, and it is such an honor to get to have Amanda as a sister. And speaking of sisters, my sister is here too. Um, she, she came in from Newport, so this is really fun to get to spend time in California with family. So thank you guys so much for having me. I look around this room, and I am just in awe of what you guys do every, every Tuesday. You guys bring breakfast, and you decorate the tables, and you just make 
make this such a special retreat, and you guys all deserve every single every single bit of, um, of this luxury uh, as moms. I love to see some of the more experienced moms mentoring the younger moms. This is just definitely what I believe the body of Christ should look like, and especially um, helping us moms along the journey. Uh, so if you wouldn't mind, I would really love to just start us off in prayer. So um, if you could pray with me real quick. Father... Thank you so much for this space and this time and this opportunity to come together and encourage each other as moms. Father, I just pray for the mom who is in here right now, God, who feels discouraged. Father, I pray that you will give her encouragement, and I pray that you will give her a glimmer of hope that she's got this and that you created her for the family that she has. Father, I pray for the mom who is barely making it. I pray for the mom who is is struggling with anger. I pray for the mom who is struggling with depression. I pray for the mom who is struggling with anxiety. Father, I pray that, um, that this mom that these moms will be able just to completely surrender to you and know, God, that you have them in the palm of your hands, God, and that as they look to you um, to provide for them, God, that you have every, every single detail worked out, and all they need to do is rest in you. Father, I pray for um, the mom who, who honestly doesn't even like her kids right now. She is just so happy that they are in childcare and that she gets to have breakfast with her friends. Father, I pray that um, you will just give her joy and encouragement and God just refresh her, her soul right now as she takes in this brunch and this breakfast and this um, time just to um, just let um, the oxytocin flow as all of us women get together. Father, I pray for the mom who honestly feels pretty good right now. I pray, God, that you will continue to encourage her, and I pray that out of her abundance, she will encourage others and that she will be a listening ear and that she will be um, a, a place of support and encouragement for somebody else who really, really needs a friend right now. And Father, right now, I pray for myself, and I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together will be honorable and acceptable to you because you, O oh Lord, are my rock and my redeemer. And it's in your son's precious name that I pray. Amen. All right. I'd like to introduce you guys to my family. I, as Amanda said, I'm from Texas, and then as my sister said, I need to make sure that you guys know that I'm not just from Texas, I'm from West Texas, and supposedly, to all of you Californians, that's a big deal. Yeah, anybody here from West Texas? I did meet somebody from Plano. Yes? Oh, awesome. We'll have to talk. Okay. 
Okay. Um, so anyway, so, so West Texas means lots of oil fields and cattle. And um, yes, the real grit girl raised in Texas thing. I am truly from Texas. Now I live in Dallas. Well, I live in Frisco, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas, Texas. I don't know if any of you guys have heard. Um, Frisco is now the home to the new practice stadium for the Dallas Cowboys. And that's a really big deal. And supposedly we're getting um, we're going to be the first, I guess, flagship um, place where they're going to be trying out, uh, uh, let me get this right, taxi drones. I will not be stepping into a taxi drone. Um, I, I don't know why we need taxi drones in um, Frisco, Texas, but supposedly that's coming our way. So looking forward to that. <laughs> so anyway, I want to go ahead and introduce you to my family real quick. So this is my husband, Jeff, and my 17-year-old daughter sitting on the rock. Her name is McKay. I'd like to introduce these people to you and compare them to food because I love food. So McKay is like a beautiful glass of red wine. She is best experienced over a table for two over in a very quiet atmosphere, and she, you need to take her in slowly. Um, Brock is our only son. He is 15 now, and I would compare him to an all-American cheeseburger. He is, uh, he is just your all-American boy. He loves sports. You can, you can dress him up and have him at, 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 enjoy him at a nice steakhouse, or you can um, enjoy him at a ballpark any day. He is your kind of all-American boy. He's um, He's, uh, a, a, I'm so thankful to get to have at least one son. Um, he's taught me a lot, being that I grew up in a family with one sister. Um, and then our, our, that's our youngest, Bliss, who's sitting in his lap. And she is seven, and I would like to compare her to that candy, Pop Rocks. <laughs> Anybody know Pop Rocks? I mean, like they're so sweet when you put them in your mouth. You're like, oh, so sweet. And then you're like, ow, that hurts. <laughs> That's kind of what Bliss is like. She was this really easy, easy baby and easy pregnancy. That's why I named her Bliss. And then all of a sudden she turned two and it was like, wow, wow, okay. She has a will and she will exert it. And I was already well into teaching parenting classes at this point and I got to, you know, learn a lot more uh, skills um, uh, and how to deal with this awesome Pop Rocks. And then, uh, of course, my husband, Jeff, and then the one on my shoulder is Micah. And she, is, I like to compare her to cotton candy. She's just sugary sweet, almost too sweet. You're like, is there any depth to you? Because it's just all about fun and sweetness. And she, she I mean, you, you try to have a real deep heart-to-heart -heart conversation with her, and she'll all of a sudden turn it around and start cracking jokes. So um, she is best experienced as cotton candy in large, uh, lots, lots of chaos in, in a fair or a circus or something like that. That is my family. So uh, so I'd like to go ahead. We have been sitting for a while, so this is called a workshop for a reason. We are going to do a little bit of work in here. So we have uh, on your tables, your table leaders have all gotten a bag, and it looks like this. And what I'd like for you to do is I'd like for four volunteers at your table um, to grab a piece of hardware from this cup. 
And then I need you to get off this board and a hammer. And I'd like for you, please, to hammer your hardware into the board. And fun thing is you guys have two minutes to do that. All right? So I'm going to start my timer. I'll tell you when. All right, some of you are already getting started. And go. Absolutely. All right, you guys have 45 seconds. board so I'm giving them I'm giving them an opportunity I'll give you one more minute Go ahead and stop. All right. So how many of you guys got all of your hardware into the board? Nice. Well done. Well done. Okay. So um, how many of you, uh, how many of you volunteers got the nice nail? You guys, y'all must be great parents. Good job. Good job. <laughs> How many of you got this one? Huh? You guys must have felt that you got a little screwed. <laughs> or possibly you thought that I screwed up. Yes? Yeah? The reality is this screw was designed for a purpose. 
way different than that nail. This screw has ridges in it that are specifically placed because this screw is intended to do things way different than a nail. Some might have thought your screw was a little stubborn. Some might have thought that your screw was a little strong-willed. But the reality is, all you needed was the right tool. In fact, this table was saying, we have this screw and um, we don't have the right tool for this. So you're exactly right. So that is my goal here today is to give you guys some more tools because many of us come into parenting with one tool and it's what we were given as parents and it's what our friends are all using and it's working with all of our friends and possibly this tool even worked on our firstborn but it is not working on your stubborn, strong-willed, beautifully designed child who is, who is made for something way different than you could possibly ever imagine. And each one of those ridges, each one of the, the beautiful, intricate parts of this bolt or this screw is made for a purpose. So... What I like to say is this awesome quote from Danny Silk. And it goes like this. If you don't intentionally replace what you were given as a small child, then it is downloaded as your normal in your template. So we have to constantly, constantly be learning new tools because what happens is we get stressed or we get frustrated, and the first thing we bring out is the only tool that we know. And what do we do? We just start using it harder, right? Did you guys just, you were just hammering harder, right? Because it's the only tool you had. So we're like, this tool will work, right? So before we start getting all, um, getting all caught up in tools, we have to start with the foundation, and the foundation of parenting is relationship. Why is the foundation of parenting relationship? Because that is how God parents us. If God moved heaven and earth to have relationship with us through Jesus, then how much more should we work on relationship with our kids? I love how Love and Logic says this. Rules without relationship equal rebellion. Consequences without relationship equal resentment. And rewards without relationship just feel like bribes. Now, you guys all got um, a handout like this. And being the former teacher that I am, I know we can all learn a little better with a visual. So we're going to be filling this, um, this handout out, and we're going to start with the bottom. As much as we like to start with the top normally and work our way down, we're going to kind of go opposite, and we're going to work from the foundation of this house and work our way up. So you guys can fill in the blanks there. Rules without relationship equal rebellion. Consequences without relationship equal resentment. 
and rewards without relationship feel like bribes. You also have two highlighters in your um, bags, table leaders. So if y'all could just pass the highlighters around, and then if you guys could go ahead and highlight that bottom. I'll show you right here. Hang on a minute. Oh, I think I messed up, Dawn, just like you said. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Fill that in, and then highlight right there. All right. So we all come into parenting, usually either on one camp or another. A lot of us come into parenting just full of love, and we feel like love is the answer, and all you need is love, right? And then some of us come into parenting, and we're all about logic. It's all about boundaries and being firm, and um, we, we just need to have a lot of rules, and then uh, my family will run smoothly, right? Well, let's go ahead and look at the extreme of both, um, of, of both outlooks on parenting real quick. Let's look at love. If you only parent out of love, and that is all that, that you are so one-sided in love, then oftentimes the effects of that style of parenting are that you end up with entitled, selfish, narcissistic children who don't know how to respect boundaries. The parents are afraid to say no. The parents put the kids over their marriage. I feel like the trend now is even to possibly even idolize our children. Um, and so because of this, our marriages suffer. And did you know while I'm talking about that, the very best gift you can ever give your kids is a happy marriage. So I'll just throw that out there. Kids are depressed and cannot find joy in the simple things because they have everything Kids have anxiety because they have not had the opportunity to cope or to struggle. Because we, and I'm in this camp, we just rescue everybody because that's how we love so well. Okay, so let's look over on the punitive parenting. Okay, these kids end up with a low self-esteem. Um, they are risk-averse out of fear of making mistakes. They have poor social skills. They rely on others for approval. They rebel because once you take, once you take that authoritative figure out of the mix, then they're like, I'm out. Um, they are tend more, more prone to drug and alcohol abuse to mask their pain from abuse. Um, they deal with depression and anxiety because they're not given the chance to express emotions in a healthy way. So the goal here is to find a beautiful, healthy medium of love and logic. So we have two rules to love and logic. The first rule is this. Adults set firm limits in loving ways without anger, lecture, threats, or repeated warnings. And you all are looking at me like, you just took away every tool in my toolbox. <laughs> How in the world do I parent without anger, lecture, threats, or repeated warnings? 
Well, I'm glad you asked. I can't wait to show you. The next one is when children misbehave and cause problems, adults hand these problems back in loving ways. Okay. We're going to go back to, oh, you guys were taking pictures of that. I'll let y'all take that. Hang on. There you go. Okay, back to our house. Go ahead and grab your highlighter again and highlight straight up the middle. Everything on, everything on the right side of the house, or sorry, everything on the um, left, sorry, the right side of the house is going to be all centered on that love camp. So what I ask is if you find yourself more on the logic side, anytime we are on, um, anytime we are at these two squares right here, listen a little bit more closely so you can balance yourself out. And then everything on the left side is going to be more on the logic camp. So if you find yourself like me, more on the, the love side, then listen a little bit more closely when we get over to those squares over there. Okay, so I have a story to tell you. We're going to start off with this first square here, connection. So I have a story to tell you. I had, um, I had a client come in, and she, um, she's a single mom, and she has a three-year-old daughter. And this daughter was about to be kicked out of child care, and this mom was working and needed her child in child care. So this was a very um, important thing to figure out what was going on with the child. She, um, had em- she just had these emotional outbursts that were just debilitating. She could not figure out what to do. Uh, this child would um, throw terrible temper tantrums. She would bite. She would kick. Um, this mom was dating this really wonderful man and brought him to her home to meet her daughter for the first time after they had been dating for a while. And the daughter went straight up to him and, and um, punched him right in the jewels. So um, this daughter threw chairs over in daycare. She was just so hard to manage. And I thought, oh, we might need to have this child evaluated for um, some emotional trauma, something like this, um, to see what's going on. But before we do that, might as well give this a try. So um, I said, okay, here's what I want you to do. Um, We're going to work on connection because every single time a parent comes to me for help, I say, how is your connection with your child? And that's uh, usually, more than likely, that is usually um, the cure to all things. So I'm going to spend a lot of time on this connection. So the first thing I said is, okay, whenever you get home with your daughter, I want you to just put your phone up. Go charge it, and then don't bring it back out until, until she goes to bed. She said, okay. Uh, I truly feel, and I think we could probably all agree, that our phones are probably the biggest source of our disconnect, not only with our children, but with our, in our marriages and in friendship. Um, we have thousands of friends on Facebook, yet we can hardly find a true heart-to-heart connection with a friend. So good for you guys for being here 
and connecting in this way. You guys are, um, are definitely um, doing what you can to break that terrible cycle. Uh, the next thing I said is, okay, I want you to just smile at your child. It's simple, but just look at a friend across the table and just smile and see what happens. Like right now, really, like look at each other and smile. <laughs> I mean, it's contagious. Okay, now, now smile at someone, and then, and then the other person who's smiling at you, try not to smile, right? It's pretty impossible, <laughs> okay? But you guys, we can go the whole day. We can go the whole day with our kids and never smile at them, right? We get really good at the mom faces, but the, the most important mom face you can have is a smile. Even when they're totally being a stinker, just smile at them. You'll confuse the heck out of them. So smile, just start with smiling. Look at them in the eyes. Get down on eye level with them. Uh, many times I'll just go sit in the middle of, when I had little bitty ones, I would just sit in the middle of the floor in my living room, just sit there. And it's so weird. Even the dog, everybody comes and just will gather around you. It's crazy. And just to see what happens, it's a fun little experiment. Try it when you get home. So, so uh, look at them in the eyes and smile. And, and look at them in the eyes. So many times whenever we're reprimanding them, we're like, look at me in the eyes right? And right, that's when we want them to look at us. And it's like, you know, but look at them in the eyes and truly try to, without saying a word, tell them that you love them with your eyes. It does an incredible, incredible thing for the relationship. And the next thing, I'll have you guys write all this down in your, in your um, house here. Okay. Hugs. Hugs can mean everything, just random hugs. And then this one, how do kids spell love? Well, we all know, T-I-M-E. And it's important when we spend this time with them, two things, that we do something with them that they like not something that we like and say, oh, but I spent quality time with you. <laughs> no, do something that they like to do. My daughter, my 17-year-old, she loves succulents. Like she has a whole thing full of succulents. Um, and so I'll just sit with her and, and talk to her about these succulents. I can't, I, I can't even keep a cactus alive. I, I don't even know how, how she's able to do all of this. Um, this, this is my son. We, um, for his special trip with me, he wanted to come and visit my sister and her son, who is his age, and that's us in on the beach and just spending time together. I had to force that hug on him. So he's kind of like, um, that's what happens whenever they become teenagers. Um, and then that was actually a homeschool day with my little um, cotton candy Micah. Um, we were just dressing up to do homeschool because it was a pretty tough day. Uh, so time. Another thing, too, it doesn't have to be a lot of time. My daughter loves to go on a bike ride. So I had this really grand idea some Saturday that I, I was like, oh, we're going to go on a bike ride. I'm going to bring my picnic blanket. We're going to go get donuts. And then we're going to go um, get coffee. And then we're going to spread out the blanket and have donuts and coffee at the park. It was such a perfect idea. And then I got super busy and I didn't have time to do that. And I was ready to just scratch the whole idea. But I already told her we're going on a bike ride. We went on a 15-minute bike ride, and it was just as special to her. 
and so much better than not going on a bike ride at all because sometimes I feel like if I can't do it perfectly, I'm just not going to do it at all. But I'll encourage you, just even a 10-minute tea party with paper, paper goods is just as special as if you bring out all the china. So, so I just want to encourage you in that way. Okay. These are, in my opinion, the three, um, the three biggest uh, opportunities for connection with our kids. At dinner time, at bedtime, and in the car. But you know what's really funny about these um, three opportunities for connection is that these are also the top three things we fight over. (laughs) That's where most of the fighting happens, right? At least in my household, we're fighting over dinner time. We're fighting over, eat this, eat this. Uh, I love how what Love and Logic says. They say the the only nutrient your child needs at dinner time is love. If they can walk away from that table feeling loved, then that's way better than forcing them to eat that broccoli. And so I'll, I'll explain a little bit more because we can't just say, oh, here's all the, you know, eat all the, eat a roll and, and we're good to go. Um, I, don't worry. Don't worry, all of you over in the logic camp, you're getting real mad at me right now. I will represent you here in a second. Um, bedtime. Bedtime is also an awesome opportunity for connection. And what's funny is when I was putting these slides together, I, was, I, I just had dinner time and bedtime, and my little cotton candy Micah came over, and she was walk, watching this, and she goes, you know where else I like to connect with you? And I said, where? And she said, in the car. Went, awesome. In the car. That's awesome. Also another great opportunity for connection. Also another huge place where we fight. So... <laughs> We're not going to let the enemy win there. We are going to take, take these places back, and we're going to use these places as opportunities for connection. So here's how I like to do it. I love these little conversation starters. I, um, I, this is uh, just simply if I'm at dinner time, bedtime in the car, and I'm looking for, rather than how was your day, um, I will use one of these three things, um, two truths and a lie. You tell two truths about your day and one lie. I was terrible at that game because I kept forgetting to do a lie, and it just got frustrating. And so, um, so I, I don't do that anymore, but my kids love it. Um, low, high, um, what was your low of the day? And what was your high of the day? I always like to start with the low so that um, we can end on a high. That's just a very simple thing. Uh, we were doing that with Amanda's kids yesterday, and her little three-year-old, <laughs> Riker, was, what was your low today? It was so cute. Um, and then the rose, I really love this one because it's a little bit more lengthy. My teenagers don't like to do it, but I really love how it kind of covers, it covers all of it. Um, uh, the stem is something that you learned today. The thorn is something hurtful that happened today. The leaf is something you're looking forward to. And the rose is something good that happened today. Okay, now we can head on over to the logic side. Okay, control. Any other self-confessed control freaks out there like me? Yay! (laughs) I kind of feel like it it has something to do with um, the mom description is being a control freak. Um, That is definitely me. And I want to set you guys free. The only person that you have 100% control of is you. It's so true. It's so simple. 
but it is so true. And many times our frustrations come when we are trying so hard to control everybody else. So I'm going to model the behaviors and attitudes that I want to see in you. Dawn gave us a perfect example of this with her little thank you cards. She didn't have to say anything to her sons. She just modeled that behavior of thankfulness and writing, writing her um, things that she's thankful for and putting them on the door. And then her son, her 13-year-old, just followed suit. So what are the things that you want to see modeled, in, that you want to see in your children? Do you wish they would spend a little less time on their phones? Put your phones away. Do you want them to be a little bit more organized? Do you want them to be a little more timely? Respectful? How respectful are you to other people in the house? I'm saying this just to me, to me as well. Do you want your kids to just go play an activity quietly? Grab some Legos and go start playing Legos yourself. It's crazy. They'll all sur- I, I remember one time, I'm not great with Legos, um, but I grabbed a, one of those draw-so-cute things off of YouTube, and I pulled that up, and I just sat down at the kitchen table with some markers and some white paper, and I was trying to draw these little fun, cute um, cartoon animals. And even the teenagers, all four kids were at the table with me and we were all drawing and then we, you know, it, it was really a lot of fun. So try that. That's another fun experiment to try at home. Okay. I'll let you go ahead and write in your house there. Next. Absolutely. You guys in the back can't see that, can you? You control you. And then the next thing is to take deep breaths and control your voice. If they're getting loud and escalated and they're whining, that's the softer and more quiet that you get. The louder they get, the more quiet you get. Control your voice. It it works, I promise, with everybody. Okay, next activity. I'd like for you all to grab a red balloon, please. Okay, we're going to play another fun game, okay? Get your balloons ready, okay? We're going to talk about the behaviors that push our buttons at home. And if you identify with this behavior, I want you to blow air into your balloon. Ready? Here we go. Disrespect. Grab a balloon. And blow air into your balloon if you identify with this behavior at home. Okay, awesome. Okay, Um, lack of doing chores. Oops, sorry guys, let me go back one. Okay, 
Homework battles. Anybody with grade schoolers and enjoying those homework battles? Those are real fun. Oh, teenagers, back talk. Three-year-olds, back talk. <laughs> Sibling rivalry. Mm. Lying. Hitting, bullying. Picky eating. Being late for church or school. And the last one, my favorite, whining. All right, so we all know the proper way to let air out of these balloons, correct? Yes. yes, we all know the proper way, right? But many of us go throughout the day and we just keep adding air to these balloons. We just keep adding and adding and adding and adding and we all know they will eventually pop or we'll finally just go and we just look like this at home. Everybody's like, mom, what happened to you? You're hanging from the rafters. Um, so I'm going to set you free from turning into that mom, and I'd like for you to slowly let the air out of your balloon. Awesome. It takes a while, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Next one. We are going to learn something, your very first love and logic um, tool, and it is called enforceable statements. Enforceable statements, if you want to write it in there. It's also right here. It's also the first page in your packet here. Enforceable statements. Who is the, who is the only person you have 100% control of? Right, so enforceable statements say what I will do with myself, with my body, with my voice, with the things that I will do for other people, okay? So um, I will be ready to talk when your voice is as calm as mine. That, those are magical words for those who whine. Those are also magical words for the teenager who's screaming in your face because you can't go, I will be ready to talk when your voice is as calm as mine, right? You just can't do that, right? So you kind of have to get a grip of yourself before you can ever say this, right? I used to think it would be really effective when I had whining little ones to go, stop whining, right? When they were whining, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, who, who have I become? Who have I become? Get me to mom connection quick with other adults. Okay. Um, the next one, when you blank, then I will blank. Again, instead of telling somebody to do something because you don't have control over whether or not they're going to do it, but you do have control of what you're going to do. Okay? Peaceful zone is downstairs. You can take this fight, argument, wrestling, whatever it is that's getting on your nerves, and, um, and tell them they can take that outside or they can go upstairs. But when I make dinner... I need a peaceful zone downstairs. This is peaceful zone. I love to help people when I feel respected and appreciated. Um, I'm happy to help clean up these toys as long as I'm not working any harder than you. I'm happy to drive when the car is at peace. I can't tell you how many times I've just pulled the car over and I'm just sitting there, I'll just pull out my phone and check Facebook or something and um, wait. And the kids are like, 
why did you stop? Oh, sorry, guys. It's just too crazy. You guys are just being too crazy. I can't drive. Not safe. Not safe for me to drive whenever the car is um, this filled with chaos and, and crazy. And then they, Mom, go! Oh, yes, I'd be happy to drive when the car is at peace. You only have to do it a couple of times, and then the minute you start to slow down, they go, oh, we're good. What happened? Oh, no, I was just making a right turn. We're okay, guys. <laughs> they become very aware of your driving. Okay. I'm happy to give dessert to kids who eat all their healthy food first or who eat most of their healthy food first, right? Um, uh, some people argue about that and say, no, you shouldn't reward with dessert. I'm just saying I've been parenting for 17 years, and that's honestly, min that's the only way I can get them to eat their vegetables. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just being real with you guys. Um, but um, the next thing is the car leaves for school at 7.20. I, I drive my car to school at 7.20. You're either in the car with your pajamas on or you are in the car and ready to go with your lunch and everything. I'm not going to nag you about all of that because that takes way too much joy out of my life. But you know what you need to do and you are in the car at 7.20 um, uh, in whatever state that you're in. But my car leaves at 7.20. So many of you are laughing, going, <laughs> that is so funny. How in the world do you ever implement that? Well, as with most normal children, when you say these enforceable statements, they're not going to go, oh, sure, mom, gladly. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to follow this fun new thing you learned at that Love and Logic workshop. Okay, so they will say, they will fight, and that is okay, because you will be ready and you'll be ready with the next Love & Logic tool called one-liners. And here's why. Because arguing with a child who is out of control is like trying to reason with a rabid dog. Right? Just not going to happen. You can't reason with a child who is out of control. Okay, so what you're going to do is instead of jumping into the argument you are going to use one-liners. So that's the next thing on your um, little house there. And uh, one-liners, oh, I don't see it on here. Hang on a sec. Are they on there? Oh, good. Okay, the most important thing with one-liners is that you don't say them in a sarcastic way, okay? Because then that will just take away all of their power, okay? So whenever, you're, whenever your teenager or your little one says, that's so unfair, you don't, you don't go, I know. <laughs> you go, right? It's that face. You go, I know, I know. Like, it really, you remember what it was like to be a kid and things just felt unfair? Just, I know. We have the, you have them in your packets. Y'all can still take pictures. It's not, oh. Okay, we'll take it. It's okay. Okay. Um, and then when they're just continuing to argue and argue, honey, I just, I love you too much to argue with you about this. My husband tried that on me a couple times. That didn't go well. Um, okay. And then I'm sorry you feel that way. Can we just say that together? I'm sorry you feel that way. Not, I'm sorry you feel that way. Right? Okay, and then how's that going to work out, okay? Um, 
One time, my, um, when my 17-year-old was, I think, seven, she had to go to her room until she was ready to come back and be sweet at the dinner table because she was being mean to her siblings. And um, she was going up the stairs, and she goes, this, you are just the worst mom in the world. And I'm like, I'm sorry you feel that way. And then she's going, this is so unfair. I know. I'm going to go live with Mimi and Papa. I said, honey, I will love you no matter where you live. (laughs) Okay, next one. Okay, while we're on the empathy train, I'd like to introduce to you another, and um, we're going to move on over to the uh, love camp over here. Okay, we're going to talk about choices. And this is a tool that I feel is probably one of the most important tools you can learn in parenting, and it's all about empathy. Okay? So whenever your little one, anybody have um, your kids, they, they will just repeat the same thing over and over again. They, I don't want to take a nap. I'm not tired. I don't want to take a nap with your preschooler. And then you have your uh, teenager who's saying, this is so unfair. All my other friends get to have social media, and I don't get to have social media. It's, you're, you're, this is just so unfair. So They say it over and over and over again. That's your first clue that you can use this wonderful tool called Echo. Okay, this is when you're going to take the time to listen and observe. You can write that in your um, house there. Take the time to listen and observe. So, after you do that, you're going to take in what they're saying. Instead of sometimes we don't need to be giving out one-liners, we need to actually take the time to listen and observe and then echo back what they are saying or trying to say. So, I don't want to take a nap. Get down on eye level. You don't want to take a nap. And then they're like, she heard me. She heard me. And I possibly am going to get out of this nap thing. Okay, and then, but no, you're just echoing back to them what they keep saying to you over and over again. Then they'll stop saying it. It's so weird. I'm telling you, this is magical, okay? So then echo back what they are saying, okay? And then offer a choice. Would you like to take a five-minute nap or a one-hour nap? I'll start the timer when you're asleep. Okay? So then they wake up, that was the best five-minute nap I've ever seen. Way to go, buddy. That was awesome. Okay? Or the social media thing, because we have had this fight in our house. You feel left out. You feel that everybody else has social media, and you don't. And you are 16 years old, and everybody else is connecting with their friends this way, and you feel like Laura Ingalls Wilder. I get that. And then, and then a lot of empathy. I can't imagine what it's like to be a teenager in, in this day and age. I can't imagine that. I understand how this must be hard. Can we talk about some ways to have boundaries around social media and maybe come up with something that we both feel good about? That's a lot better than, no, because I said so. Okay? Works, it'll get you a lot farther. 
Okay, next thing. That is small. Sorry, guys. So observe, listen to what the child is saying, and offer a choice. Okay, here are some great examples of choices with all the different age groups. Okay, so do you want to, and you guys have a copy of this. Okay, do you want to put your binky back in your bed, or do you want me to? Okay, do you want to walk to bed or dance to bed? Do you want to pitch, whoop, do you see how the end result is still the same? My microphone doesn't like me to stand there. Um, do you want to put milk in a red cup or a blue cup? Do you want to leave, um, you want to leave or brush your teeth or whatever those things in one minute or five minutes? Do you want to do your homework upstairs or downstairs? Do you want to set your alarm clock or have me wake you up only once? So this is for the grade schooler. Do you want to clean your room before or after dinner? And then for the pre-teenager, teenager, do you want to unload the dishwasher before or after dinner? But if you unload the dishwasher after dinner, you're going to also be loading all of our dinner dishes. <laughs> do you want to make your lunch or pay for, pay, for, pay for school lunch out of your allowance? Do you want to go to your brother's game or stay home and watch your younger siblings? Believe it or not, my introverted, um, my introverted 17-year-old really loves that option. I will babysit. Don't make me be around all those people. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Moving right along. Choices give the child an opportunity to think. Okay, it turns their brains on, okay? So questioning, that's the next one, questions. So the, the, I'll go back one, okay? Choices give the child an opportunity to think, oh, while giving limited control. You are, you are controlling the outcome. They get a choice on how to get there. We all like a little control, right? And because humans like control, we like to give them a little bit of control because they are tiny humans. Okay? The next thing is questions. So one of my favorite questions to ask my kids is, what are you going to do? Rather, that's how we hand the problem back to them is, oh, wow, you didn't turn your homework in. What are you going to do? Rather than, I can't believe you did that. You always do this, this, and this. When are you going to learn how to be responsible? And then we turn into lecture. I'm really great at lectures. Um, so that's how we keep from lecturing, is we ask them, what are you going to do? So the minute you feel yourself going into lecture mode, ask this question, wow, what are you going to do? And then listen, because now their brain has to turn on and they have to figure out situations. Also takes that, that just kind of shame piece out of it. Okay. Moving along quickly here. Okay, we're going to move on over to the logic camp. 
Consequences. Most people who come to me for help just want me to go ahead and skip right to consequences. What can you, what, give me some ideas of what I can do to my children to get them to behave. All right. So let's talk about that. I like to use consequences over punishment. And the reason why is because because consequences shape our children, while punishments just shame them. And nobody ever learned to be a better human being by feeling shame all the time. So how do we shape our children with consequences? Okay? Consequences give an experience to do the teaching rather than a screaming, frustrated parent. I've been there. Because if it is the latter, the screaming, frustrated parent, now whose problem is it? Mine. Now, all of our focus on this bad behavior goes from the behavior to me, the angry parent. And now it's like, I don't know what happened to you, mom, but you are out of control. And then that makes us even more mad, right? Okay, anybody like the, the fun house at the fair? <laughs> no, I, you do. Okay, Brooke does. Awesome. I, um, I, I like it for a little bit, but I would never want to live in the fun house at the fair because of all of the shifting floors and the mirrors, and I thought this door was here, but it's not. It's over here. Many times we actually create this kind of environment for our kids because we're not consistent enough with our consequences. And so we will say that bedtime is this time, but oh, no, it's okay. We'll just, we'll just push that back because we're doing this. Or I know we said we're leaving in five minutes, but no, I'm talking. I don't, I don't want to leave in five minutes. Or I, okay, I, pretty much every boundary we set can create a fun house whenever we don't follow through with it. So be so careful about the, the, um, all the boundaries that you set I have another slide coming up. Okay. That says consistent boundaries. And you need to mean what you say and say what you mean. Did anybody play with this toy or am I really dating myself? Yes, good. So these, this toy was like my favorite toy as a kid because every time I pushed the switch, I knew that Goofy was going to be under that blue one. And, and it's just something about um, that part of childhood and our child development is, um, is uh, um, and now it's blanking on me, um, cause and effect. Exactly. Thank you. Um, uh, that part, the, especially if you have uh, stubborn children, especially those younger ones, you have to mean what you say and say what you mean because it's, it's essential for their brains, okay? So if you set a boundary and it's not a firm boundary, then it's just not a boundary. You've got a fun house. So whatever boundary you set, be consistent and follow through with what your um, consequence is going to be. So what kind of consequences do we have? Natural consequences is the next one. Okay? 
Some behaviors give you beautiful opportunities. Some behaviors give you beautiful opportunities to provide natural consequences. So capitalize on those opportunities. If you say it's cold outside, you'll probably need a coat. And your little one says no. They, I promise, cold weather, and this means a lot in Texas. Y'all don't even know what cold weather is probably. But they don't, your kids truly don't get sick from cold weather. Um, they will be cold. And what you're going to do is whenever they say they're cold, you're not going to say... Yes, we're going to take that phrase out. We're going to throw that phrase out with the hammer. We're not going to say that anymore. Instead, we're going to use a lot of empathy. Oh, I'm so sorry, buddy. I'm sure you are cold. And then do everything you can to not say, you need to listen to mom next time. (laughs) Right? Or I (laughs) wish, right? I'm sure you wish you had your coat right? Nope. Don't do any of that. I promise the natural consequence will do all your teaching for you. You don't have to say anything. You didn't turn in your homework assignment. You lost your phone because you made bad grades. Uh, All of those things are such a bummer, but we're not going to turn into lecture mode. Um, We're going to let those natural consequences um, do their thing. They have a beautiful opportunity to teach. We don't have to, we do not have to interrupt that lesson with what we have to say about it. Okay, so natural consequences. The next love and logic tool is the energy drain. And you have a um, paper here with the energy drain on here. Looks like this. I'm going to speed through this because I want to give you guys the opportunity to talk. So um, the energy drain is the love and logic consequence that's used when a parent cannot find a natural consequence that fits the behavior. Sometimes you're like, I don't have a natural consequence for this, Um, for, you know, coloring all over a, um, a dresser. I mean, all of mine did that. I don't know if because we had white dressers or something. Like, this needs to be pretty. So I give them a rag and say, okay, time to clean this up. Oh, it's so hard. I know. And then refrain from, that's why we don't color on dressers, right? (laughs) I'm happy to help you clean this off of the dresser as long as I'm not working harder than you. Okay, Um, but some things like um, just being disrespectful and just all the things that they do that drain our energy, um, and you're just like, I feel so depleted. I just, uh, that's when you use the energy drain. So when you uh, fight with your brother or sister, when um, when you disobey me, whenever you uh, don't follow through and do your chores, it really drains my energy. And I'm going to ask a question because I'm going to, turn their brain on. How do you plan on filling it up? And then all of these ideas here. These are a lot of the behaviors that I will use the energy drain for. Whining, arguing, lying, swearing, complaining, lack of follow-through, untimeliness, disrespect. Take the dog for a walk. Take a sibling for a walk. Fold the laundry, pair socks, all kinds of great things there. Okay. The next thing I'd like to address is halt. Anybody ever heard of halt? Don't ever get too hungry, angry, 
lonely, or tired. I need to stop moving so much. Any of you guys ever heard of HALT? Yes. Try not to get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Anybody here with babies, newborns, or all the way up to a year old? You're in a constant state of being hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. (laughs) Remember that all too well. Everybody who just raised your hand, raise your hand a little higher. Okay. Okay, all the other moms in the room, just look at them and say, you're going to make it. You're going to make it, and I'm here for you, and it goes fast. Okay, so I'd like to address anger because I feel like anger can be one of the biggest things we deal with as moms that we just don't talk about. So I'd like to talk a little bit about anger, okay? Whenever we feel that anger rise, that's not when it's time to give a consequence. So the minute you feel like, your ears are red and steam's coming out of them and your heart's racing and you're ready to throw a shoe through the window, that's not the time to give a consequence. Instead, what you say is this, and you have this paper and you can highlight it, circle it, whatever you want. You say, I'm so angry about this right now, but I better calm down before I talk with you um, because I make better decisions when I'm calm. So whatever way you can phrase that in your anger. It could come out with, can't talk, we'll talk later, I need to calm down. Whatever you need to do, um, it might not come out so beautiful and eloquent as this is written for you here. Or maybe you just take a deep breath and go in your room and calm yourself down. And while you're in your room, here's what I want you to be thinking about. Anger is usually never about anger. Anger is usually about everything else. This is called the anger iceberg. Anger is really, honestly, many of these emotions and more that are not very powerful emotions, okay? When I'm worried or I'm frustrated or I'm uncomfortable or I'm helpless, those emotions don't make me feel very powerful. They make me feel extremely vulnerable. So what do I do to make that very vulnerable emotion feel powerful? I just put on a mask of anger, Okay, now everybody's scared of me and I'm powerful. But the reality is you're just feeling helpless. You're just feeling maybe like you've been tricked or maybe you feel ashamed or unsure or alone or hurt. So identify that emotion, take a deep breath, and then find a way to deliver a consequence that's not based on anger but possibly the real emotion. So for example, if I don't feel like I am being appreciated and I'm angry, because that happens to me a lot, I will go and I will figure out what this is and I will say, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have um, a, a consequence. I need to talk about, I need to calm myself down and I'll be right back when I can come up with, um, with a good consequence for this, okay? The reality is I don't feel appreciated whenever I have to clear all the dishes and do all the dishes and everybody else is off having fun and watching TV. That makes me really frustrated and makes me feel like I'm not very appreciated. So what I'd like is maybe tomorrow night everybody does the dishes and I get to watch TV. 
In closing, when I came into the parenting scene, I wanted to be the perfect parent. I um, did not have the perfect childhood, and so I was going to do everything I possibly could to be the perfect parent. Um, I read all the parenting books. I, um, back then, we had subscriptions to magazines. Um, I had the parenting magazine and the parents magazine, and I tore articles out of all of them because I was going to be perfect. We'll press pause on that story. My son, when he was young, he loved baseball, still loves baseball. And dad had to work, and so I was the one home with him during the day, and he just wanted to throw the ball all the time. So I would go in the backyard with him, and I would throw that ball. And as hard as I tried to get that ball right in his glove so that he would feel like a successful baseball player, it did not go straight. It would go through his legs. It would go over his head. It would go too far to the left, too far to the right. And I'd say, son, just wait for dad to get home. He is much better at this than I am. And he would say, no, mom, please, please stay, please, please. I just want to play ball. And I'm like, okay, okay. And so I would throw it. Well, come to find out in first grade in Little League, when it came time to find the, um, to give him a position on the field, he was the best first baseman in Little League because he knew how to catch all the squirrely throws that were coming to him from all those little seven-year-olds because of all of my training. How cool is that? Right? So maybe being a perfect ball player was not what my son needed to develop him into being the incredible baseball player that he is today. Maybe what he needed is my imperfection to give him the skills that he needed to do some amazing things on first base. Still does, still is a great first baseman. And it made me think of this first. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, not in perfection. My power is made perfect in weakness. So let's go back to our house here. To top it off, what we need even more than all the best tools is a lot of prayer. So grab those highlighters again and highlight the top of that house because we're going to cover our house in prayer and then put a line through the middle to make a cross to remind you that what we need truly is lots of prayer and lots of Jesus. We're not going to have time to go through all these because I want to give you guys a little bit of time to do your um, discussion. But at the very end of your um, packet, you will see um, you will see this right here. Feel free to contact me any way, shape, or form. I have I have ideas of books that I would recommend that I love. Um, if you want to take this further. Um, also, the Love and Logic information, as well as my information. I have a website where I post videos. I have a Facebook group where I post videos, usually from Carline, as whatever is on my mind that day. Um, 
join that Facebook group, ask questions on there. Um, I just want it to be a supportive community for um, all of us moms who are doing our best to be perfectly imperfect. And thank you guys for having me today. So I believe your table leaders have some questions and um, you guys can uh, discuss what we've talked about.